Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more r slash I'm out of butthole. <laughs> And if you love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, maybe that subscribe button too, and maybe that notification bell. And let's jump straight in to today's stories. Much love, guys. Now, our first story does follow with a cheeky update, so be aware of that. And it's from a throwaway account titled, Am I the Asshole for Telling on My Friend over him tormenting me about my nut allergy, causing him to be suspended for a month and getting a charge? I'm in high school, senior year, and I have this friend named Harry. Harry is one of those types of friends who doesn't think at all before he speaks and always gets into trouble. One time, he got into so much trouble with the school over a planned vandalism between him and his friends. The school threatened if he got into any more trouble, he'll have a much more extreme punishment. During school, I proceeded to the cafeteria with a few of my mates, Gary and Dave. I wasn't really hungry, so I was just going to chill with my friends whilst they eat. Gary, Dave, and Harry began to pull their lunches out of their bags. Harry unraveled one of the most disgusting sandwiches I've ever seen. It was a disgusting mess of a sandwich. It looked like two pieces of bread splattered onto a giant puddle of some brown substance, just pure sugar. Harry put the sandwich on the table and I began to examine it and I realized it was Nutella. I began to slightly panic and I stood up and backed a bit away from the table and I asked Harry if it was Nutella. Keep in mind, he knows about my nut allergy. Harry began to get really offended when I expressed my concern about me possibly having an allergic reaction. He began to start accusing us of singling him out and trying to antagonize him, which is far from the truth. He then pointed to me and called me a pussy and how I am just acting like a child, before I could even get a word out. Harry did something that absolutely changed my opinion on him forever. Harry grabbed the sandwich, ran his fingers through the Nutella, and moved closer to me and smeared the Nutella all over my face and mouth. The second I processed what was happening, I began to freak out and I immediately started to feel extremely lightheaded. Gary and Dave freaked out and Dave screamed at Harry, calling him an idiot. Harry ran out the cafeteria while everyone in the cafeteria was looking at us. Dave told Gary to go to the nurse's office and get the nurse. Gary ran out to get the nurse and he came back in less than a minute with the nurse. We all went to the nurse's office. The nurse helped me and all was good. We told him about the story and we ended up telling the principal. The next day, I was pretty much back to normal and I later found out from Gary and Dave that Harry got suspended for a month and he was warned that if he gets in trouble again, he would be expelled. He got into even more trouble and getting some form of charge. I'm not sure what the actual name of the charge was, but he did get some form of a charge. The charge will be on his record forever and I was shocked. Even though Harry was a complete lunatic for what he did, I do feel kind of bad. This will 100% mess up his chances of getting a job, but then again, he shouldn't have done what he did. However, people can change and I'm certain Harry won't be the same as he is currently compared to being in his 20s in the future. Now, there's no way you're going to be the arsehole. Again, this is just one of those ones where it's consequences for his own actions. 
this guy is playing games with someone's allergy and we covered a story about a week ago where we talked about you know allergies can get worse over time and just in an instant as well guy needs to seriously grow up before he gets himself into huge trouble in the future so it's absolutely not the arsehole to me but before we move on to the update we'll cover a couple of comments one from fine hamza bound who says not the arsehole harry could literally kill someone doing dumb shit like that absolutely perfect bobbin says not the arsehole a lad died from having a piece of cheese thrown at him in the uk fucking around with allergies can be dangerous Tabby Cat says not the arsehole, Harry is not your friend. Harry deliberately endangered your life. Also, Harry had gotten himself into trouble so many times and hadn't been warned that one more thing was going to do it. This was the thing. You were absolutely innocent standby and this guy needed a limit. They gave it to him. You cannot beat yourself up over this. If he doesn't have consequences, he will never learn and it sounds like he needs to learn. Do not be friends with this person anymore. MGN says, not the arsehole, why is this person your friend? To which Opie replies, Gary and Dave from the story were actually some of the first people I met at high school. And they introduced me to Harry in the middle of high school. Harry began to start hanging out with some bad people, which had a huge influence on him. He went from being this cool, chilled, laid back guy to being kind of a disrespectful prick. But since we knew him for so long, we tried to look past it. This incident was the nail in the coffin. And we'll have one more from Goldie Felix who says, not the arsehole, you don't ever fuck around with someone's food allergies. That's disgraceful and surely assault. He deserves to be expelled for that. He's extremely lucky that you didn't have a bad reaction, but it just have easily could have been a serious reaction. Someone with a more serious allergy could have died. That's not something that should ever be taken lightly. Now the update says, Harry has now apologized to me, saying how his grandmother recently passed and that it affected his day and that he hopes I'm okay. Edit 2. I ended up sending this post to a few of my real life mates and it somehow ended up in the hands of Harry. He's now even more apologetic and has encouraged me to take down this thread as it's awkward for him to see. Update 3. I'm making peace with Harry and I'll be removing this thread as it is just creating more unnecessary problems between the both of us. Sorry, I'll keep it up for at least an hour and then I'll give it the boot. And it's one of those updates where I'm not sure quite how I feel about it in the end. Sure, Harry apologized, which, you know, is a good thing. It's always a good thing when someone apologizes. But has he really changed? He's just trying to get you to take down the post because he feels awkward about it. He's talking about his feelings here again rather than what he did in this situation. So, I don't know, I feel kind of odd about this one. But let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. And just a warning on our next story, it does involve talking about losing a young child. So please feel free to use the timestamps if you want to. And it's from a throwaway account titled, Am I the Arsehole for telling my brother and his wife that they were out of their minds for asking me to not celebrate my daughter's birthday? Me and sister-in-law, my brother's wife, have a dreadful relationship, but we're cordial as we can be. We were both pregnant at the time, but she went into labor early and the baby was taken to NICU with serious health issues. I kept checking on my brother daily. He was so worried and couldn't eat or sleep properly for an entire week. While his wife literally kept posting pictures of their daughter on Facebook and gleefully saying she defeated me and had the first grandchild. She meant to be hurtful, but I took no offense because I understood she was trying to stay positive in bad circumstances. The day my daughter was born, my brother called me and my husband crying saying his daughter was gone hours ago. We were devastated for him and sister-in-law. There were many things I couldn't do because I was afraid my sister-in-law was going to feel hurt. But throughout the next months, I started getting excluded from family events unless I leave my daughter at home. 
My husband thought my family were being unreasonable by making these requests, but mum said it's a phase. My daughter's first birthday will be in a few days. We decided to celebrate at home. We got calls from family wanting to attend, which made my brother and sister-in-law upset because almost everyone apologized for not being able to attend my niece's death anniversary to attend my daughter's first birthday. I asked what can we do and my brother and sister-in-law said they wanted me to cancel the party for my daughter since it's insensitive to celebrate her birthday this particular day while ignoring my niece's death. My husband and I said no because our daughter's first birthday is a huge event. My brother got agitated and called us cruel and that we were selfish and insisted I cancel the birthday if I love and care enough about his feelings as a grieving father. He added that my daughter won't remember anyway so this party was for me and my husband. Mum suggested I move the party next day, but I said no. My daughter was born on X day, not Y day. Then I told my brother and his wife they were out of their mind to make such demands. My dad got in the middle of the argument after my sister-in-law started crying. I tried to end the conversation and my husband went to the car, but my brother stopped me at the door. I apologized, but I said I will still be celebrating my daughter's birthday. He angrily said he didn't know why I still felt the need to give him a load of bullshit excuses for being selfish and refusing to have some compassion towards his and his wife's loss. He said he knew I didn't like his wife and knew that I knew how having the birthday will hurt and mess her mind up and reminded me I was hurting him as well but obviously I don't care because if I do I'd at least cancel the party for his baby's sake. He wrapped up by saying he won't ever speak to me if I go through with my plans. He gave me the most guilt-tripping look I'd ever seen then left. It was bad and I can't help feeling guilt. My husband is insisting we have the party and keeps telling me we have nothing to feel guilty about. Now this is a tough one because obviously any couple losing a child like that has got to be absolutely devastating. They're going to be grieving for a very, very long time, I imagine. It's like we always say that, you know, people grieve in different ways and they're clearly taken out on their own family at this moment. But you can't punish the daughter in this for, you know, just being alive. That's absolutely ridiculous. I could understand, you know, if they didn't want to go to your daughter's party, but to insist it just doesn't happen at all is just not on and it needs there needs to be a stop to that. But JJ Anthrax says not the arsehole. What happened to them is very sad, but they don't get to wreck your daughter's birthday every year because something happened to them on that day. If you let them call the shots now, it will set a precedent that their dead child is more important than your living one and always will be. And that could have serious mental health repercussions on your daughter as she grows up. Pyro Tequila replies to that saying this, you stated that your family had been excluding you from events unless you didn't take your daughter. Then they're trying to guilt trip you into not celebrating her birthday and threatening to cut contact if you go ahead with a birthday celebration. Go ahead with it. It sounds like you'll be a lot happier without these people buttoning to your lives. Julie X replies to that saying, they're going to punish this little girl forever for the crime of being alive if OP doesn't say enough is enough now. Anyone who thinks denying her daughter's existence is acceptable needs to be cut off. Sympathy for grief can't extend to unreasonable demands and tolerating hatred towards innocent parties. Their chosen coping method is unhealthy, irrational, not beneficial and should not be indulged. Not the arsehole. Rhetorical Twix says, and who gathers to relieve the anniversary of a death of an infant? That's not a thing. That would never be a thing in a healthy family. The fact that they're even planning this and actively trying to compete with you for family attendance on what has to be your child's first birthday party can only be their ongoing attempts to raise your daughter and focus on their daughter, which they have been doing since before she was born and their daughter was in NICU. 
Firstly, there's no such thing as an anniversary of a wake or anniversary of a death of an infant that families gather to celebrate. Not even royal families would do this. They are inventing that event so as to deny the daughter her first birthday. Secondly, they won't move on until they're able to focus on the living and stop trying to erase the living and relive the dead. Thirdly, your sister-in-law needs therapy, desperately, and I would be very concerned about the safety and well-being of your child until she stops actively trying to erase her and replace her with the dead. Edit, I guess this is a thing with some cultures or families, i.e. to have a church service or other memorial of the day of the death. I have never heard of a party slash family gathering style memorial before. I apologize if I was mistaken. And two, thank you so much for sharing your customs and family traditions in the post below. And JG700 says, not the arsehole. Your child has been excluded from family stuff all year. That's wrong. People are saying it's just this birthday, but it will be the same every year. I'm sad for their loss, but your child is here and should be celebrating her first birthday. My so-called internet says not the arsehole. Are they going to insist your daughter never has a birthday party? Them not attending the party would have been completely understandable. Demanding you cancel it, it is not. They've experienced something horrendous and need to seek professional help. You not having a party will not alleviate their pain. And one more from Cat Herder who says not the arsehole. Your life doesn't stop because of their grief. Your daughter doesn't exist as a reminder of their loss and celebrating her life is absolutely in no way disrespectful to your brother and sister-in-law. They need professional help. They need grief counseling, they need therapy, and they need for the family to stop indulging their incredibly unhealthy obsession with your living child. Your family should be there for your daughter's first birthday. That's where they belong. Celebrating her life and not indulging an unhealthy obsession with death. While I won't go into detail, I understand how their loss has affected them and it's totally reasonable for them to have a dark day but it's wildly inappropriate for them to demand that other people participate in it, much less demand that other people stop living their lives so they can continue to indulge in their unhealthy responses to loss. I hope you have a lovely first birthday party. She may not remember it, but she has still cherished the stories and pictures and the feeling of love which comes from other people fondly remembering your early life. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. And our next story comes from Freezing to Death Metal, who says, Am I the arsehole for making old people move from my paid stadium seats? I was with my college kid for a football game. The game was sold out. We arrived five minutes late due to being lost trying to find the seats and found an entire family full of people in two of our seats. One was grandma and didn't even acknowledge me when I asked her where her seats were. I asked her 50-year-old son where their seats were since she couldn't comprehend the idea of electronic paid seats. Her daughter in her late 40s comes trouncing in and says, yeah, you're going to have to make my 75-year-old mother move from her seats. I said, we paid for these seats and I came here from a three-hour plane ride and had tickets. Grandma must have had seats in another cheap section along with a child of hers. She was pissed and she said, I hope you feel good about making an old lady move. I saw grandma move to several other seats during the game so she was mobile and got around easily. I said, I'm fine with doing this because I paid for these seats and you're in them. She proceeded to huff and puff and then finally moved after she made a scene and screamed. I hope you feel good about yourself again. I said, I feel just fine with myself and I paid for these seats. These are our seats. For your information, I am a female, middle-aged and ethnic looking. Am I the asshole? She kept claiming that you're making an old lady move from her seat. I mean, she got to that seat in the first place and they're just entitled for trying to steal your seat. I often get this kind of thing myself, especially on the trains. They're on our local trains, people always sit in the reserved seat. 
And some people get embarrassed about asking people to move out of their seats. I know it's strange. I mean, I, I did used to be like that when I was a bit younger, to be fair. I even had one guy when I was going to Wolverhampton once who said, oh, I'm going to need to see your ticket then. And I was like, no, you don't need to see my ticket, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> But I absolutely hate it when people just feel entitled to take other people's seats like that. So that one's a definite not the arsehole from me. But Justin Van says, not the arsehole, the old part is irrelevant. They were capable enough to get there, get to the wrong seats and had familiar support around them. You ask people to move from your paid seats, as is your right. The daughter, of course, is the arsehole. Any scientist says not the arsehole, entitled much. If she's not embarrassed stealing, you shouldn't be embarrassed calling her out. The nerve of some people. Yellow Demo says not the arsehole, your seats, you book the tickets. She found an easy place to sit in a more expensive section. She'd have to deal with the consequences for taking over someone's seats when the inevitable happened. And thus says not the arsehole, grandma should have bought the tickets to sit there. Simple. Her rage had nothing to do with the scenario. So tired of the respect your elders crap. How about we respect everyone and lady and her grandma move because you pay for the damn seats. If the woman was so worried about her poor old mum, she could have given her mum her own seat so she didn't have to move far. Now, a little quick story there, but what is your thoughts on this one? How would you react in that situation? If you found someone sitting in your seat, would you be, have the confidence to go up to him and just say like, get out? Let me know your thoughts on that one and we'll move on to the next story. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Sorry. And our next story is from Effective Emotional 47 titled, Am I the asshole for going back on my wife's and I agreement to not tell our daughter she's from an egg donor because my wife wants a better donor next time? I love my wife very much, but I'm starting to see her in a different light. When we started trying for children and having difficulty, we saw a specialist. There we found that my wife's eggs are not viable and basically don't work. She can still physically carry a pregnancy, just not with her eggs. We were devastated, especially my wife. She took it hard and went to therapy and everything. I was open to whatever solution she wanted. She didn't want adoption and made it clear she wanted a baby related to me. We decided on an egg donor. She wanted full control of who it was, which I didn't mind. I allowed her to spend thousands on different clinics and specialists finding the perfect egg she wanted. I just wanted to help her fulfill her dreams of becoming a mother. Finally, she decided on the donor and we had the embryo and implanted and it worked. She got pregnant with our daughter on the first try. She didn't want anyone to know of her fertility issues or that we were using a donor egg and I didn't care. Whatever made her comfortable. The pregnancy was great. Fast forward three years now, our daughter is turning three at the end of the year. My wife and I already discussed having another baby during this time. To my surprise, when I brought it up, she said she was having doubts. 
she said our daughter didn't come out how she pictured, visually or personality-wise. She doesn't act or look like her at all. She even started crying. I was shocked. She's a stay-at-home mum and seems to love our daughter. This came from nowhere. I asked her what was wrong and she said the next time she wants another egg donor. We had already planned to reuse the same donor, but I really took offense to the fact that she thinks our daughter isn't good enough. She got upset and said that's not what she means. She just wants a better donor that fits her more than the first donor did in terms of looks and personality. I then got upset and said that if she wants two different donors and is going to treat the kids differently because of it, subconsciously or even consciously, then I'm not going to go along with our original agreement to never tell our daughter or future children we use an egg donor. This sent her over the edge in hysterics and she hasn't spoken to me in days. Am I the arsehole? And there is a little paragraph of an edit there which we'll cover after the comments. And we're starting off with any scientist who says not the arsehole, your wife needs therapy. Lieutenant Short says not the arsehole, your wife needs mental help. Does she really think she can design a child's personality and all? To which OP replies saying she hasn't gone to therapy in a while, but besides this conversation, she has been nothing but bubbly and happy. And she says our daughter acts like me and even some traits of the donor like being fast and athletic and loving sports, something she doesn't like. We have our donor's full history. We know a lot about her personality and interests. And my wife says our daughter seems to be taken after her. It's weird because she chose the donor solely. She spent months looking and rejecting people and so much money. She basically worshipped our donor during the pregnancy. I don't see how she could have completely different mindset now. Anathema says, um, your daughter is going to need to have that information so she can have an accurate medical background. Not the asshole for being concerned about your wife treating your daughter differently if you have another child by a different donor. But what on earth made you think it was okay to lie to your child? Reddit Buju says, you have bigger issues with your wife. Her idea of children is warped. Even biological children do not always have their parents' personalities. Her idea of how your children should look like and how they should behave is worrying. I don't know if therapy or counseling is part of the fertility process, but it seems there's a big disconnect between reality and what is going on in her mind. Regardless of the outcome about the second child, your wife needs some help. There's a reason why most people advise couples to let their children know as soon as possible about their genetics. Most of the times when this information is not provided properly, there are lots of problems that are harder to deal with than when the topic is dealt with early. No one's an asshole here. I don't think both of you are the assholes. You're both in a difficult situation. Infidelity is a hard issue to deal with. And one more from Beep Blip Black Bloop who says everyone sucks here. This is a terrible agreement. Your daughter deserves to know where she came from. And honestly, how do you expect to keep this away from her anyways? The first time she needs medical history or genetic test, your lie will be exposed. And the little edit says, so I spoke to my wife and she's still not talking to me a lot, but I recommended we go to therapy and she said no, and that she thought about it and she wants to use the same donor again and just forget what she said, but I just can't. I told her that we should wait and she got upset again. I haven't brought up telling our daughter about it yet because I don't want to rock the boat too much. That seems to be what's really upsetting her. Now, what do you guys make of this story? How would you deal with it if you found yourself in that situation? Let me know your thoughts and we'll move on to the next story. And our next story comes from Am I the Arsehole Sold Jewelry titled Am I the Arsehole for Selling Most of the Jewelry My Husband Bought Me When I Had Other Options? There was a two-year period where my husband and I were separated. My husband had a habit of buying me expensive jewelry during our marriage. During the separation, I sold the majority of it to support myself until I found a job in my new location. 
By some miracle, we reconciled, but I never mentioned having sold the jewelry because I didn't know how to bring it up and he never seemed to notice it was missing. His cousin is getting married soon. I'm a bridesmaid and she recently came over to see me in my dress. While she was over, she mentioned a necklace I used to have that would look perfect with the dress. I told her I didn't think it would look nice because I don't have it anymore and I didn't know how to admit that to her. Later when we were having dinner, she brought it up again in front of my husband. She asked his opinion and he agreed that the necklace would look good with a dress and suggested I try it on just to humor her. I finally had to admit that I didn't have it anymore. He never said anything in front of his cousin, just got quiet but after she left, he brought it up again. I tried to explain that I sold it because I needed the money but he wouldn't accept that reasoning. To be fair, he did keep adding money to our joint account the entire separation, but I never touched it for several reasons. The biggest being I didn't want him to use the transactions to figure out where I was, and I didn't want to keep relying on him when I thought we were over for good. He asked me if it was just the one necklace, so I had to admit that I sold most of it. He wanted me to show him what I had kept, which I did. After he saw, he got really upset with me and asked if the things he gave me had so little meaning to me and I would just flog them off for peanuts when I had other options. I didn't know what to say and he's clearly still angry at me. Am I the arsehole? Now to me, this one kind of felt like one of those very rare no one's an arsehole here and I say don't jump on my back just yet. And I say that because they were separated. Two years is a fairly lengthy time, right? And the necklace were given to OP. They were gifts. They're hers now. They belong to her so she can do with them as she pleases. And she was in a bit of a bind, needed the money, so sold them. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So that's a definite not the arsehole side for me. But I can't blame the other half totally for feeling upset, you know. He's, I kind of stepped into his shoes for a couple of seconds and, you know, seeing as jewelry that i purchased for someone and you know i took the time to think about what they might like their kind of style and and hopefully it means something to them to know that it's just gone now i think would be quite an upsetting thing so i think his feelings in that you know is okay to feel that way and you can't hate on him for feeling a little bit upset about it i mean if he takes it any further then he would start stepping into the arsehole territory but for regarding these feelings i can't call him an arsehole for that however one of the lines that jumped out to me where it said i didn't want him to to use the transactions to figure out where I was. And that was a bit concerning, wasn't it? But yeah, for the for now, with the information I got, I'm gonna go for a new one's an arsehole here. Broken Landmine says not the arsehole. I think that being separated for two years is a long time. Either way, they were gifts, yours to do with as you wish. To which Kathleenina says and replies that saying, plus, OP was assuming they were over for good. She was moving on with her life and trying to be self-reliant. Why would she keep loads of valuable sentimental items that just remind her of her failed marriage while continuing to rely on the ex for financial support? Keeping the jewelry only makes sense if she was holding out the hope that they'd get back together, which is not really a healthy approach to a breakup. It's great that they ended up back together, but she had no way of knowing what would happen. He doesn't get to be mad. She couldn't see the future. He's hurt. They meant so little to her but she likely sold them at least partially because they meant so much. They were painful reminders of love that ended. She was, totally justifiably, trying to move on. Counterpoint Sue says, I don't think anyone is the asshole here. Two years is a long time to be separated and jewelry was yours to do with as you wished. I do understand why he's upset though. He probably really enjoyed picking out those pieces for you and feels hurt in his mind you didn't value them as much. Validate, validate, validate. He needs to have his hurt feelings validated. It doesn't mean you have to apologize for selling the jewelry, but just acknowledge that you see he's been very hurt by this disclosure and that you're sorry about that. 
Also, you owe him an apology for not disclosing it right away. It would have been easier if you had told him right after you reconciled because the reasons for the separation would have been fresh in both of your minds and the rational part of his brain might have been more immediately accepting. After all this time, the memories about the ref may feel more hazy. So the new knowledge of this sale of the jewelry may feel like a bigger betrayal to him. He may feel you are being deceitful in hiding this. I suggest you offer him the opportunity to tell you everything he's feeling about selling of the jewelry. Listen and don't respond. When he seems to be running out of steam, ask if there's anything else he wants to share. Listen some more. Once he's really finished, then you can respond by acknowledging that you see he's really hurt and you're sorry to have caused that hurt. Most of the time, people just want to be heard. Hear him. It's the most loving thing you can do right now. Yes, you did what you had to do. He doesn't want to hear that right now. Once he gets past the emotional part, he'll start to reason that out for himself. Right now, he just needs to move past the hurt feelings. Enlist the therapist for a session or two if you need help. Good luck. Sci-Fi Emma says, not the asshole. Gifts are only gifts if they have no strings. Integranda says, no one's an asshole here. You get to do what is right for you at the time and he gets to be upset that your separation meant meaningful things from earlier in your relationship no longer exist. Cat Bean says, info. Why didn't you want him to work out where you were? Did you mean you were living or going out and about? OP replies saying, we didn't end on good terms and I didn't want to see him at all. If he knew where I was, he would have won 100% have shown up. Living, but also going out and about too. And let's have one more from the shadow people who says no one's an asshole here. You had to do what you had to do, which is understandable. I understand his side too. He's allowed to be hurt. Really, all there is to do is tell him what happened can't be changed, that you do feel bad about it now and you're sorry. He shouldn't keep dwelling on it though. He does need to eventually let it go. Now, what do you guys make of this story? What are your thoughts on all of today's stories? I would love to hear them in the comments if you have a moment of your time to share them. A huge thank you for spending 20 to 30 minutes with me today. Get involved with the channel, means the absolute world, and I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.